guys. Welcome back to Gaming Trend Podcast. I am your host, Erica. And I am your thoroughly hydrated John. I saw you were eating some chocolate earlier, some frozen chocolate. Well, yeah, I, I went to Walgreens and they had like Reese's dark chocolate and the white chocolate on, on clearance. Like, bet, bet, I'm going to get this. I can spend 50 cents on each one. Is that like a man thing to like put candy in freezers? Because like my brother does it, my dad does it. And you, I, is that like a thing that men do? They just like frozen candy? Uh, no, mine was actually a reason because um, I sat in my car and I was talking to one of the, my coworkers, mm-hmm. had the engine running. Well, the seat was warm, so it melted it inside the package. So I had to throw it in the freezer to make it solid of form because I didn't feel like drinking my candy bar. Makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Well, <laughs> this week we are talking about disappointing game endings. Just like my chocolate would have melted. <laughs> this is a good one. I have a horrible, horrible habit of not completing video games. Like, I spend the money, right? You're spending 60 sometimes $70 if, like, you get, like, one of those nice sets, right? Sometimes even more than that. I don't even want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> but what, you don't like the collector's edition? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just like, oh, I'm going to spend $300. And then you're like, I didn't finish the games. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so you buy a game and you play it. You get really into it. And then all of a sudden, me, I just stop playing it. I just put it down, and I'm like, I'm okay. This, I've got my satisfaction out of it. There are, like, <laughs> hundreds, hundreds of games that I have not finished playing. Like, I get oh. right up to the very ending, and I'm like, I'm good. I, I, I know the feeling so well. There's a bunch of games I have like that as well. It's like, I'm playing it. I like it. Like, and I was like, I'm getting close to the end. I can feel it. I'm going to set this down. We'll walk away because now I can play it later and try to savor this yes. ending. But then there are games that I did that for and I finished up. It's like, what the horse shit is this? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, but you know what? Let's go ahead and get into Game On and talk about some games. Game On! So our first game is Halo 2. The long-awaited Halo sequel did almost everything right, but conclude it's the war with the Covenant Comes to Earth storyline isn't one of them. Halo 2, in all honesty, doesn't really end so much as it just stops. After surprising players with a Raiden-esque switch to a second-player character, the Arbiter, Halo 2 bounces back and forth between the Covenant anti-hero and Master Chief. But after taking down Tartarus, a glorified brute mini-boss, a cutscene, you see Master Chief return to Earth's orbit, with his commander officer asking him what he's doing. Sir, Spartan117 says, finishing the fight. And we all thought, yes, here we go. He's doing it right. Okay. The climatic conflict on Earth that the game has been building up to, this is going to be awesome. But instead, Halo 2 fades to black and rolls the credits. I mean, this is only agitated more when we had to wait so long for Halo 3 to come out. It was a cliffhanger to Chief's story before the story even ended. Well, at least we had another 100 hours of gameplay in the form of the online multiplayer. Um, but that was only a small consolation to being left in the dark about one of Microsoft's most cherished characters' fate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was kind of like, you get there, it's like, no. no, he's falling, and then that's it. It was yeah. that, that was that was all of it. Like, no, th- this can't be it. Well, at least I paid nine ninety five a month for <laughs> Xbox Live to go around and 
Just shoot people. No, I mean, uh, so like the early Halos, they all came out when my brother was living with me. And so once he would beat it, we would just go back and we would do everything co-op and we would do everything legendary mode. And so that would last for like a good couple weeks. Like, you know, every other night, every night trying to play, beating it. Uh, So, I mean, if you just like Halo, it's not that bad, right? You're just like, okay, okay, cool. Uh, But if you're in it for the story mode highly disappointed yes extremely but at least with the online multiplayer you learn one thing those who played halo online only played halo (laughs) online oh my god yeah no halo is a serious serious game i mean they still have uh, gaming championships i've heard a lot of people who competitively game say halo is like one of the most extreme little sectors of uh, online gaming Oh, God, yes. It's, of course, me, I join in there, get in there on the match, like, okay, cool. And they hear them all talking on, on the headset, like, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to try this. And, of course, me being me, hey, I'll find out where they all are. But how do you do that? Follow. Don't run behind me. Just cover me. What do you mean? <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. Just run out there, start machine gunning the mm-hmm. air, just gathering as much attention. And then, oh, of course, here come the missiles. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I would be like the meat shield when my brother and I played. And I'm like, well, I'll just go out there and I'll try to kill him. And then you follow him behind. (laughs) Kind of funny, too. That kind of leads us into the next game, actually. Assassin's Creed 3. The Assassin's Creed series has been a very interesting problem for a lot of us. We love the historical mixture with the mythology and the age-old war unfolding in front of us. Sadly, the game halts its momentum and tries to make the modern-day parts feel special but fails horribly. Every game seems to pull us from the interesting story and leave us with Desmond Miles learning about the past. At the end of Assassin's Creed 3, we were given a moment where we were meant to care about Desmond's fate. However, it did not come across as a powerful moment from a hero making a good choice. It's rather an obvious decision he makes. Yeah, this is actually one of the games I actually got real close to the ending. And it, it just... I couldn't keep up. I have ADD. So it's like, okay, you're jumping from there, jumping back, jumping from there, jumping back. And like, I was really right at the end. And it's like, I have to put this down. This is making my brain hurt. Yeah. There's games like that where it's just like, is this important for me to waste more hours on? (laughs) I mean, there's games like that. I mean, especially... When I was younger, I would buy games all the time. I'd go to GameStop. I would go to, like, resale shops. And I would get, like, $10, $20 games for, like, the PSP, Game Boy, whatever. And sometimes they were not great games. Because, again, they're only $10, $20, bucks, right? There were games where I'm just like, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I have to put it down. I'm never playing it again. Oh, yeah. This is kind of one of those. That save file still on my PlayStation 3. <laughs> and it's like, I don't want to go back. <laughs> I really don't. Now, a game that I love uh, is Life is Strange. Uh, When you think about episode five of Life is Strange, your mind will take you straight to the stealthy nightmare section, right? Some games just have a hard time making fun stealth sections in their games. Some of the sections require a lot of precision and were very easy to make mistakes in. In this case, it kind of felt tedious in some places. I feel like once you get to the end, uh, there's all these choices you can make and there are alternate endings to the video game leaves it wide open it almost makes it feel unresolved and either 
ending that you pick, I feel like there's an open story to it. I know there's Life is Strange 2, uh, another game that I pre-ordered from Sony directly, got like the deluxe edition everything. I haven't even opened that game, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Life is Strange is beautiful. It's one of those first games that I played where it was like, a multiple choice kind of thing. Um, and whatever you choose, it affects the future or whatever. It, it just left the whole game open, especially through all the stuff that you go through. Cause it is a very depressing game, a very depressing game. And so I, I just wish they did the ending a little better on that one. This is like, like how you describe this game and everything with this game. Like, wow. It's kind of like, you know, heavy rain where it was just like sad and horrible all the way through, but mm-hmm. it was a good story. But, yeah, it kind of leaves you open-ended, kind of segues into us into the next game, actually. Fable 2. There is just something about the Fable series that makes it feel complete, but unpolished. Maybe it has something to do with uh, mostly communicating about almost solely with body language and farts. That's that's like the main language for, the, for your character. <laughs> Nevertheless... Nevertheless, these games hold a special place within the hearts of many of us, since they take RPG games to a strange new place. With Fable 2, we get a story of revenge and becoming a powerful landlord, I mean hero. You get to decide if you are good or sinister, and every action slowly affects your looks. However, at the end of the game, when you feel you may get, get to throw away your mission for power, someone makes a decision for you. What if you wanted to join the sinister guy, or at least take his place? And yeah, this game I played all the way through because I was getting <laughs> Fable 3. Pretty much the overlord that killed you. Well, if you're playing as a guy, kills your sister. Plays as a girl, kills your brother. But yeah, you essentially just become him. It's amazing. It's like, wow, full circle. Well, <laughs> so choice was an illusion. So for the Fable series, I never got to play because at the time, I believe, wasn't it an Xbox exclusive when it first came out? Yes. Yeah, so everything on the Fable one was an Xbox exclusive right. when it first came out. So when I was a kid, it came out when I was a kid, and I didn't have an Xbox personally. So I never played the Fable series. I am excited that they're redoing the series and they're going to come out with new games. So I am excited about that. And now that I have like real people money and stuff, I'm totally going to buy it. <laughs> I am an adult. I make exactly. my own adult money. <laughs> I'm an adult. I can recklessly spend my money on childhood items that I couldn't afford. <laughs> I've been doing that with all my games. Right? <laughs> so the next one, right? Final Fantasy X. From the voice acting to the uh, addicting Blitzball minigame, which I think everyone loves, Final Fantasy X seemed to have everything going for it until the end. Titus and Dodd were physical manifestations of dreams created by the faith. I mean, you spend, what, 60 plus hours with the guy, and he isn't real. He and Jack were just a dream. Titus leaves Yuna and jumps into some dumb clouds. The worst offense is this game is to just make its main character disappear in the end, making you think that he suffered. The same fate as his father, but no, they win and everyone is happy the end. Like, that's it. Like, that. that's... It's utterly confusing. Is he real? Is he not? I don't know. What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's a total mind fact. Uh, it's one of the weirdest Final Fantasy era endings? I mean... Uh, I don't know. I know that Final Fantasy X was the last Final Fantasy that Squaresoft made. Because after that, they became Square Enix. 
Oh, yeah. I don't know if that was good or bad when they went that way. Uh, you know how I feel. <laughs> you know how I feel about this situation. <laughs> oh, it was a good thing. <laughs> it is a horrible thing. I get why they did it. Squaresoft started to lose money. They weren't doing so well overseas, which they're based in. And Enix... I mean, they have, like, the Dragon Game, Dragon Quest. They have a bunch of other games that they make so much money off of. So for both of them, it was a good bet to merge as a company. I mean, I think Squaresoft games were way better before, but, uh, again, I, you know, I understand why they did it. Oh, yeah. So it's like, never, I have never played Final Fantasy X. I have X2, but not X. Why? That's like... Well... <laughs> I had a friend of mine who was like, oh, I'm getting rid of all these games. Do you want them? Like, yes. You wonder why he got rid of them? Like- <laughs> he didn't want any. He, I'm becoming an adult. Like, I don't need these anymore. Like, bet. Yeah, that's cool. Cool. <laughs> Give me the games and your systems. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and no, then, Final Fantasy I, X2 is horrible. Yes, it is. It's like a yes. girl's trip. It's like an extended ungodly girl's trip. That's what it is. Uh, you know i i feel like as square enix they've made i don't know after that i did not play final fantasy games until final fantasy 15 so final from final fantasy 10 to 15 i didn't play any of those games i didn't really feel a need to and you know me i'm a huge final fantasy fan so i feel like they have gone back to their roots which i'm happy about and a lot of people are yeah final fantasy 10 it, it was really good in the beginning, and then it had a really weird ending. Like, just, it feels like it rushed. Like, they didn't know what they were doing. I don't know. It's crazy. Well, the way he ended it, maybe you can think of it as, like, you know, square, soft endings, and then the square endings begins. Like, we're going to end it like this, and then go from there and figure out what we're going to do next, because all of us aren't going to be here. <laughs> I like that, though. That kind of sounds poetic in a sense. I like that. Yeah, see, there you, now you got to play 10, 11, 12, and 13, 14. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I will not do that. But let's go to the next one. Oh, you mean Bioshock 2? So what exactly do you look for in a game with a morality system? Well, one of the most important things is having a neutral gray area so players do not have to feel like a paragon or a monster. Sadly, for this game, you are really more or less one or the other when it comes to the end. In case you've never played the game, the morality stems from how okay you are with harming little children, (laughs) especially since you can wave your hand over them and cure them. But if you do not save all the children, you get a cutscene where you are mean to them. Sure, you don't get to pick if the crazy lady lives, but think of the children. (laughs) So, uh, Bioshock is another franchise I never played. Oh, it is... Good I, I've and visually good. appealing. If, like I said, if you want, I have the copies if you want to borrow them. Uh, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> but I was going to say, if you get play Bioshock 2, uh-huh. um, there was another thing that was with that game, which also adds to the cringiness factor of it. Well, all of the DLCs that you could buy while at Xbox Live were already on the disc. That's crazy. So you had to pay money to Xbox Live to unlock it from your disc. That's so weird. Yeah, whenever people found out about this, oh, the anger that went through every gamer that loved this game. I miss the days where you could just, like, get a Game Shark CD and, like, download cheat codes 
I mean, why can't we do that anymore, guys? Like, why can't we? Like, that's what I miss. I miss cheat codes. <laughs> I miss Game Shark, Game Genie. Why can't we just go to the good old days, man? Because then we get games, you know, like Earthbound, where they it's like, hey, we're just gonna make it so every time you take a step, you're gonna get make sh- you're gonna make sure that you're gonna hit an enemy, and if you finally make it past all of that, we're just gonna freeze the game and delete your save go- save game. Enjoy. <laughs> the next game we have, No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky could very possibly be one of the biggest letdowns of our generation. I said it. Okay, <laughs> was the game that bad? No, it was great. Did they randomly generate animals in worlds feel organic and unique? Yeah, they were beautiful and worth, you know, exploring. So, as you know, it must be the ending that caused all the rage among fans. Well, as you learn, your goal is to make it to the center of the universe to discover all the secrets of life. So, what is there? A godlike entity that basically restarts the game. It's all about the journey, right? Well, not after the massive amount of grinding it isn't. Do you know what we went through just to open the portal? <laughs> oh, God. I remember when this game came out and they were talking and the creator is all the time. Yeah. You know, like when you play the game, like you can multiplayer with somebody else and there's no chance that you could actually be on the exact same planet and then opening day. someone's streaming and it's like with their friends, like, dude, we're on the same planet. Look, <laughs> look over here. <laughs> it's good in the beginning. But like I said, once you get to the center of the universe with all of that grinding and acting like you're someone from National Geographic taking pictures of all these wildlife and fauna and and creatures and then you go to then you have these random robots that try to kill you while you're on these plants like how did these get here and then when you finally make the center there's God and he snaps his fingers like oh back to the beginning like (laughs) what the no Oh, it's almost as depressing as the end, um, like right at the ending of Star Trek V. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, there are so many other games where the ending was just like, okay, cool, brah. And I hate the games because most of the time they're like, we're leading up to sequel, right? We're leading up to follow up. And I find with most older games, Sometimes the places run out of money, they don't make the sequel, and then you're just left with this amazing video game that had a huge cliffhanger, and then nothing followed it. And it's just depressing. It's fucking sad. Yeah, just like those people waiting for Firefly Season (laughs) 2. Let's go ahead and go into Shut Up and Take My Money. Shut Up and Take My Money. The first one we have. Everyone shouldn't have one, okay? Wi-Fi Crock-Pot. Oh, it's more than just a crockpot. <laughs> I'm telling so, you. Best Buy dropped the price down, so it's 80 bucks. Yeah. Keep in mind, this isn't a normal crockpot. This is an Instapot. It's a pressure cooker. Oh, my God. This yes. thing that makes some good food. Okay, so I like crockpots just because, like, you could let stuff sitting there all day. You could be like, okay, I'm making this for dinner. I'm going to turn it on. You go to work for eight hours. You come back, and then food's ready. And I'm like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> it's like the ultimate lazy person's dream. Honestly, if you don't have a crockpot, like, are you an adult? I don't know. I don't know. But this thing, Wi-Fi, brah, Wi-Fi. Oh, the Wi-Fi is strong with this one, all right. Especially with... Like I said, Instapot with Wi-Fi, throw all the stuff in there, and just start it and walk away. And if you forget about it, you can go on your phone, check the app. It's like, oh, it's got this much time going. 
That's going to be good. That's going to be tasty in about 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Because I know I got a lot of recipes on for this inst- for the Instapot. Yes. Cause I, yeah, because I have one. Don't have the Wi-Fi edition one. <laughs> I kind of do now, but then I have two of them. It's like, well, what battalion am I making food for today? <laughs> <laughs> I have friends who don't really have functioning kitchens. And so they really rely on an instant crock pot, you know? And so I've personally bought a couple instant crock pot books for my friends and they have some really good recipes in there. Oh, now I can't actually came across one for spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. You layer all the meatballs on the bottom. And then you take your spaghetti, snap it in half and just kind of layer it down. Okay. Then you put the, your choice of marinara sauce down. Interesting. Interesting. I find it sacrilegious to like cut noodles in half. I don't know why though. It's the Italian in you. It's fine. I don't have any Italian in me. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you layer, layer the spaghetti on top of the meatballs and then you put your marinara sauce and then you put a cup of water. Right. Put it all in there. Yeah. Within like 12 minutes. You got the most delicious spaghetti and meatballs for one reason. All the noodles and everything were cooking in the sauce. Right. Instead of just layering it on the Mm. top. Like, oh, my God. It's amazing. I'm actually hungry right now. (laughs) Another amazing thing that I found this week. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League video game. Have you seen the commercial for this? Yes. I actually uh, watched this earlier today. It was like... Why can't this be a movie? And then I know that right. the live action, they're going to screw it up. So let's just go animate it <laughs> and let the animation studio do it. And it will be bomb. <sighs> so in the teaser, uh, Task Force X members Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, and King Shark navigate erect metropolis before and at the direction of DC antagonist Amanda Waller, engaging in a firefight set to outcast B.O.B. bombs over Baghdad, the villains all wield their signature weapons. Harley swings her baseball bat, Deadshot blasts enemies with his wrist cannons, Captain Boomerang throws his surprisingly effective boomerangs, and King Shark causes mayhem with his twin cleavers. During a brief lull in the chaos, a helicopter hurling towards them, the anti-heroes, is unexpectedly interesting by a very identifiable flying object. Is it a plane? I don't know. Superman. <laughs> the Man of Steel hovers above the squad with the helicopter pilot in hand. However, it's clear something is amiss with the last son of Krypton as he incinerates the helpless pilot, a sign that he's being controlled by Brainiac. Also the mastermind behind the assault on Metropolis, therein lies the Suicide Squad's objective, take down the Justice League. Oh... Brainiac, yes, in the, yeah, in the trailer, there's Brainiac, in control of the city, extending his tentacles everywhere. No, this is not hentai. He is actually trying to control the world, and then ultimately destroy it. Enter the Suicide Squad, as they attempt to take down the Man of Steel and the rest of the Justice League with their grade C weapons. This will be a battle to remember. It was was really funny, the very beginning opening with Harley Quinn, and she's, like, you know, playing around, and then someone blows up her pizza, and then she's like, well, what the fuck now? (laughs) So, I mean, I'm really excited for this game. Uh, It's not coming out till 2022, which is a letdown, but... Will the plant still be around then, (laughs) the way this year's going? Don't see that! (laughs) 
I'm excited for it. I mean, as soon as it comes up, I'm going to buy it. Like, it's it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong, brah. Ooh, just like that, huh? Like, <laughs> bet Donkey Kong. Let's go. <laughs> Who are you going to play as? King Shark? No, probably Harley Quinn, because I'm a basic uh, bitch, you know. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to up to it. I'm going to up to it. it it's right. me. It's I'll me. just be Captain Boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> Let's head into some Nani. Nani. I want to say with much sadness that Black Panther is dead. And uh, I'm sad. I, I, I Even when he died, non-comic book fans like, were sad about it. I mean, I have friends who are like, this is the worst year ever. And I'm like, oh, my God, are you okay? Did something happen? And they're like, Black Panther died. And I'm like, okay, man, I didn't even know you're into comics. Like, cool. (laughs) I mean, it hits everyone. I I think especially with the Black community, because I guess in this generation specifically, like a major, you know, Black superhero. And there are so many children who are devastated because of this. he He was an amazing actor. Especially in like every single movie that he was in, and granted, Black Panther kind of really thrust him into the spotlight. But it was just a shame, like how he died of all of the his cancer that he had, and apparently, and it's really like no one knew at yeah, all. Yeah, it was really sad because I mean, again, Chadwick Bosman was an amazing actor. He did more things than just Black Panther. Uh, it was sad in the later days because people were actually making fun of his weight loss. You know, saying he's getting too skinny, he's ugly now, and they had no idea that he had colon cancer. And it's especially sad because I've had family members die of colon cancer, and it's not nice. It's not a pretty cancer. I mean, it's rough at the end. It's really sad what happened. I mean, he was only 43 years old. Like I said, the first movie I saw him in was actually not Black Panther or Captain uh, Captain America Civil War. It was actually... 42, the Jackie Robinson movie. And he depicted Jackie Robinson perfectly. It was one of my favorite movies. And just thinking about it, it's like with that one, Civil War, Avengers, Infinity War, and Endgame, Black Panther, 21 Bridges. It's like, it's just like, and he did all of that while suffering through this horrible disease. And it's just like, holy crap, this man was truly a superhero. He, struggled through this and surpassed everything but unfortunately the disease caught up with him and it is a sad day i definitely agree with you 100 percent. we'll always remember him i mean he is an idol for so many people so he will be missed but anyway moving from sad news let's go to some okay news i guess oh what the new batman <laughs> So I find it really divided among the community. I, for one, was not for Rob Patterson being Batman. But then I saw the trailer. It was not that bad. <laughs> like, I want to, like, it was not that bad. I don't know. It's like kind of like, I don't know, a femboy Batman. I, I don't know. That's like the one thing I can describe it as a femboy well, Batman. Well, Grant, we all knew him from Twilight. Right. I, think, <laughs> I, I honestly, like, every time I see him, it's Twilight. I don't know if he can ever shed that skin. 
I don't know. I don't know. But Reeves has described the story he's developing as a noir-driven with Batman investigating a particular case that takes us into the world of Gotham. It's more Batman in his detective mode than we've seen in other films, right? Reeves told The Hollywood's reporter in January, the comics have a history of that. He's supposed to be the world's greatest detective, and that's not necessarily been a part of what the movies have been. I'd love this to be one where when we go on that journey of tracking down the criminals and trying to solve a crime. I like it. I mean, they have some amazing, amazing characters in the movie so far. Like I said, Batman always had like the best villains, especially, you know, when you got Colin Farrell as the Penguin and Paul yes. Dano as the Riddler. I know. I haven't seen him in what feels like decades, right? I, I want to say Colin Farrell as Penguin. He's almost unrecognizable with the makeup on. I mean, it's amazing. And then Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, meow. Like, she's a freaking beauty. Mm, as Catwoman should be. Mm. <sighs> oh my god, like Jeffrey Wright. There's so many good people here. Peter Sarsgaard. I just, uh, I, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, just amazing, amazing actors. Still, it's like, sorry, I'm still stuck on Zoe Kravitz right now. It's like, Wow, that is like perfect Selena Kyle. Yes, yes. Oh, (laughs) not enough adjectives in the world. (laughs) John has lost it. (laughs) Yes, I have. (laughs) But I mean, I can say that the characters are amazing, right? A-list, A-list celebrities all around. I want to I want to see what Rob Patterson does. Like, I want to see how he can take on the role as Batman. Like, I'm really interested. I don't kind of excited i don't know if he's going to be amazing i don't know if it's going to totally fail uh i'm excited though uh, i i'm kind of like uh i don't really know what i'm feeling right now what? with you know with with him being batman because granted i just got used to oh what was his name that was the last batman Oh, uh, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Yes, Ben Affleck. Like, I got used to him. And unfortunately, the only thing I can remember whenever I see Ben Affleck, I keep getting reminded of mall rats every time I see him in a, in a movie where it's like, I like to do girls in a comfortable place. But like in the back of a Volkswagen. <laughs> it's super weird because when, ba- when Ben Affleck was addressed as the new Batman, I was like, what? Why? And when I first saw the movies, I was like, this is shit. He's horrible. But I resaw all of, like the like Justice League movies recently. And I was like, damn, Ben Affleck actually did a pretty good job as like an old Batman. Like I did not give him the credit where the credit was due in the beginning, but he's, like, really good for an old Batman. Yeah, he said it, it wor- he actually works for that style right. of Batman. Because pretty much it's just, he pretty much was the Batman from the DC animated ones, which was the Dark Knight Returns, part one and two. It's, like, pretty much how he fought Superman in those was the exact same way in this. Like, okay, I can see you as, like, you know, a 60-year-old Batman that's taking on Superman. In the exact same ways, and like, wow, you you don't really go for like the the kill shot. You go for, I'm gonna cripple you and make you remember this for the rest of your life, kind of mm-hmm. kill. <laughs> I'm excited what they do with the uh, Rob Patterson. He's supposed to be like the younger Batman. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to come at it from like an investigator kind of point. Yes, uh, it's gonna be a new angle. They really haven't released much than that. So I'm excited. I'm excited. 
Okay, guys, that is our episode. You can follow me anywhere at the Raging Erica. And you can follow me everywhere at Dogfin Studios or if I am streaming games at Motherbring Gamer. You can follow and subscribe to our podcast on any major podcatchers. So we're talking about Apple iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify that we just got in like a month or so ago. So anywhere you listen to anything, you can find us. And you can also email us at podcast.gamingtrend.com. That's it, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Mm-hmm.